everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. This episode, we're talking about the Canadian Figure Skating Championships. There's been a lot on social media regarding Canadians, and we thought it would be good to talk to someone who was actually there. So today we are joined by Daniel Earl, who was photographing the event for Skate Canada. Hi, Danielle. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me on again. (laughs) I'm excited to be here. Are you all warmed up? You know, are you um, <laughs> back from the freezing cold of Calgary? Um, you know, I'm starting to get there. <laughs> it was very cold. And it's not cold. Like, this was really, like, below zero temperatures. Freezing. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, <laughs> at times, minus 50 Celsius almost. So I think one of the nights with the wind chill... On Saturday night, it was minus 49. Wow. <laughs> which is cold that is indescribable. It takes your breath away type of cold. <laughs> really shocking. I, I've experienced a number of cold events in my day, but like this was something else. <laughs> Definitely very, very cold. So did you feel like when you walked into the ice rink, did you feel like you were actually in a warmer <laughs> environment than what you experienced outside? It was warmer, but it was like, I've been to this venue multiple times and it was the coldest I've ever felt in that venue. So yes, it was warmer than outside, but it was definitely much colder than uh, gen- like regular. <laughs> I think on the at the beginning of the week, actually the boiler broke. Oh, in the geez. rink <laughs> from what I from what I heard I don't I don't know anything for sure but from what I heard the boiler broke and then um they had this like service door underneath the rink that just kept opening for deliveries because it's also attached to a community facility which has like four additional rinks and so they can't stop the deliveries so the service door would open and like they would like whoosh around the bottom of the arena the freeze and cold <laughs> and the service door was right where the skater on door was. So it just, it was, it was quite chilly underneath. I would say. Obviously there's been a lot of discussion about the audience or lack of attendance at this competition. Mm. Would you say that potentially the weather had something to do with it? Oh, I would say a hundred percent. I would not have left my house or the hotel if I had (laughs) was not like going to work. It was like indescribably cold. (laughs) I, if there like the option for live streaming was there. And even if I was a Calgarian, it's a 20, 25, sometimes 30 minute drive out of the city to get to this facility. And uh, it's like with the live streaming, there's no question I would have been like, no, I'm just going to stay home and watch on my computer because it's so cold outside. It's truly, it's truly <laughs> so cold. It's hard to get that <laughs> yeah. across to people, I think. Yeah, it and it, it really is. Because you can hear it's cold all day long and you're like, they're skaters. They skate in the cold. They skate on ice. But it's, it's a dry, <laughs> biting cold that like, I walked to the car 200 meters from the door to my car and I felt like I had a brain freeze because my tiny little sliver of my forehead was exposed to the elements. <laughs> it was, it, yeah, indescribable cold. <laughs> very, 
I would not have left my house if I didn't have to go to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, thankfully you did go. We yes. appreciate you being there. <laughs> I know Melanie was on site also. She was taking photos too. She was. We were living the dream. Us and uh, Tina Welts. So were you guys the only photographers? You three? Nope. Uh, it was us three plus um, Dave Holland, who works for the Canadian Olympic Committee. He was doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff for Skate Canada. And then there was um, a gentleman from Canadian Press and a gentleman from uh, USA Today. I believe that's who they were. We were over 50% women. Yeah, that was that, most of the week. That is very <laughs> cool. They should have given you a space heater. Uh, that would have been lovely, but I'm fairly certain. Like, it was so cold that we got a, a like an emergency alert to our phones saying like, don't use your stove, unplug all your electronics. Do not use power if you can help it. There will be rolling blackouts. <laughs> like it was <laughs> very cold. So I think if we had to plug the space heater in, <laughs> we may have short-circuited the entire city of Calgary. Yeah. So yeah, no one wants that. I can suffer a little bit. Yeah, maybe they could have just given you soup every day of the week. Uh, there, Yeah, soup. <laughs> Incredible choice. <laughs> so we kind of know that it was cold, that that might have been one of the reasons why there weren't that many fans in the stands um i know there were some things online too about ticket prices being a little bit higher is that what you've heard about too yeah i think i think it's maybe a multitude of reasons that all kind of combine into a bit of a i don't want to say a disaster because i don't think it was a disaster but um I think number one, the tickets were on the pricey side. There was no all event pass, which I think people really love. And I'm I'm not sure why they wouldn't have an all event pass. I, I cannot see into the minds of whoever makes those decisions. But um, I think $90 for an, one, like half a day is quite pricey for where we are in the economy right now. Um, but I also, I think we forget that Calgary has hosted a lot of skating events in the past three years since we came back from the pandemic. We had Junior Worlds there last year, um, Novice Nationals there last year, uh, Synchro Nationals there last year, and the year before we had Synchro Nationals there. So it's quite possible that the community just has already spent their dollars to watch skating in the past three plus years. And they said, well, Worlds is this year, maybe I'll I'll save my money and go there or or I'll watch from home because it's so cold or whatever it is. But I think that's like a multitude of things that probably combined into this like one weekend where it just didn't manifest into ticket sales. <laughs> yeah, that's been said before um, in the U.S. when we've had a home worlds that fans will make a decision to either spend their money to go to nationals or to worlds. But because mm-hmm. Worlds is such a big deal and usually more expensive, they'll forego going to Nationals and go to Worlds instead. And so I think you're right. And that's something I hadn't seen out yeah. and about in all the commentary of um, people discussing the lack of attendance. I think that's mm-hmm. a viable thing. You know, I did that in 2016 myself when we had Boston Worlds. I did not go to Nationals that year just because... I saved money for Worlds, even though I didn't need to yeah. get tickets for Nationals. I still had to pay to get to St. Paul. So I chose just to go to Worlds. And I think, yeah, I think fans do look at that. They look, okay, do I go 
to nationals this year? Do I go to worlds because I can only really pick one and worlds is a, you know, we don't get the opportunity as much here in North America to have a home world. So I think, you know, maybe a lot of fans did choose to just, you know, do worlds this year. Yeah. And and that would be totally valid because it's, it's not, it's not cheap to go to worlds. It's not cheap to fly places. So especially with winter weather in Canada, it's really a bit of a gamble if, if you're coming from out of province. And the reality is, is that the economy is really tough in Canada right now. And hotels are extremely expensive. Flights are extremely expensive and, and quite unreliable. So it's just, I think, a really like unfor- series of unfortunate events, if you will. <laughs> and hopefully with years to come as things start to like find their ground again you know we'll see a resurgence in that well it's hard to say hard to predict the future but I can only hope (laughs) I'll be there every year until (laughs) so anything else (laughs) I'll have one person in the audience (laughs) well Gina and I both had a chance to watch some of the feed so that was good um oh great we also had Kirsten on last week um to talk about Canadians before the event as kind of a preview. I thought that the commentary was good. I thought that they were, they were complimentary to the performers. And there was also instances where someone would point out, well, they may have skated well at another competition. What they put out today was not enough, going to be enough to get them like onto the mm-hmm. podium. I thought they presented things in a factual way without a lot of gushing and, you know, nothing really over the top. I don't think with commentary, you have to be snide or, or vicious when you're talking about a skater. They don't really need to hear that. That's not going to sink I mean, in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, and also the reality is the skater probably knows better than anyone else what they made a mistake on. Yes. And they're probably kicking themselves harder than anybody could. <laughs> right. Anywhere. So they don't so need assistance. I don't think you need to add. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, I don't think you necessarily need to add to that. Like, you can point out things that, that they can improve on or, or like, you know, state the obvious that it wasn't their day today. Or yeah. they looked nervous or whatever it was, but I don't think you need to like necessarily no. <laughs> drill into them no. every single thing that they messed up right. on because they know yeah. they're smart people. Yeah. They don't need that. I mean, it's not necessary. You can be very constructive. It doesn't add anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really add anything to the event. Yeah. Just like tearing skaters down. So yeah. I think, I mean, I obviously don't get the opportunity to listen to the commentary because I'm there. But one cool thing actually this is totally off topic kind of (laughs) but is that they're back to selling the little um skate bugs or whatever they used to call them um so you can buy the little earphones for 10 bucks on the concourse and you can listen to the commentary in between the skaters live in the arena which i thought was a really fun idea because i never get to listen to the commentary i was like i would love to hear what caitlin and kirsten and other caitlin are saying about this stuff (laughs) yeah um that was called skate radio. We used to have that in the U S I remember um, having that a couple of times uh, and listening too, but I'm glad they brought yeah. those back. Cause I know 
those are quite popular yeah. with um, fans. But I thought all of the commentators did a really good job of really bringing out the energy and excitement to like, and really mm-hmm. kind of, it made, it made what, you know, when you were looking at the crowd and yeah, there were less people in the, in the, in the stands, they brought mm-hmm. an energy and an excitement that, you know, made up for that, you know? So like listening to them, I just, totally. I really thought, you know, they're really enjoying themselves and it made me feel, you know, like, okay, there is a good atmosphere going on there, even if it didn't really come across that way when you were watching and seeing the stands being empty. Um, the commentators definitely made you feel like it was a really good atmosphere there. Yeah, honestly, like, I can understand when you're watching at home, it looks it, it doesn't look great when the stands are not as full. But honestly, the people who were there were having a great time. I was having a great time. Um, and you know, I think I said this last time I was on the podcast, but there's honestly, there's something to be said for seeing it in person. It, it, the, the atmosphere, the vibes are totally different than, than online. And it's hard to convey that without having um, attended an event in person. So I'll get on my soapbox once again. (laughs) And I will say, if you have the means, I strongly recommend going to see live skating in person because it's a completely different experience. (laughs) Agreed. Also, uh, I kn- the commentators really were putting in the time and effort to to like get to know the skaters, what their strengths, their weaknesses were. Um, Caitlin and Kirsten went to every single practice. Like they were there longer than me, <laughs> which is <laughs> shocking because I feel like I was there from dawn till dusk every single day. But they were there watching every practice, taking notes, really like getting invested in these skaters and I and that's very refreshing and I know most commentators do that but I don't get to see them (laughs) see them do that because they're usually in that like commentary platform taking their notes but but Kirsten and Caitlin were in the stands in the practice rink they were in the main rink they were everywhere chatting with people getting to know the skaters getting to know their families like it was really cool to see like the effort that they were putting in to, to getting it right and obviously I don't get to listen to what they're saying, but I have heard from many people that it was an enjoyable experience, yeah. which is great because I know that they're having the time of their life out there. Right. And, you know, we shouldn't forget to mention the fact that we were able to watch it here in the U.S. Um, yeah. This game Canada right. made it available. I mean, that was great. And there was no restrictions on being able to watch. Yeah. That's great to hear because I know for certain I'm not going to be able to watch U.S. Nationals next week, which yeah. is a bummer because it it's something I'm really invested in. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of being able to watch, you know, cross-border competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't always work. A lot of the YouTube streams that, that the ISU does or for like the J... Not... Including the JDP, which of course anyone can see. A lot of them are geoblocked and we can't see, so we're just kind of hoping for the best in some cases mm-hmm. when it comes to the like senior B competitions. But it's very much appreciated to get a feed. Um, totally. To get to see. And being a skating fan for such a long time, I remember the days where you didn't even have a feed. You had to refresh your screen and you would get pictures of a competition. <laughs> 
Oh my God. <laughs> it was not fun. And um, yeah, it's much better when you get to watch things. I remember <laughs> watching maybe like 20, I want to say 2012 Junior Worlds and like searching for this random Bulgarian stream of the, <laughs> like, I was, I was like, it's so much easier now. <laughs> We're so yeah. blessed. We, we don't even really know. Are. I, know. <laughs> I think people forget that, especially some of the newer fans, because they don't really know how bad it was in the beginning and how you oh, didn't so just get a feed. You were going on like the world's sketchiest websites just <laughs> yes. to get your like figure skating junior world's feed. Yep. <laughs> they were secret <laughs> forums that would you could join to get information so on true. streams <laughs> that you could try to watch. Um, it's just, I mean... People would make like full documents with all the like Eurosport links that you could try from all the different countries. (laughs) I do think that skating needs to be more accessible. Um, But that's not something I I can work out. I mean, I wish I could just say, YouTube, stop worrying about copyright. Yeah. You know, you can't blame. Yeah, you can't blame Skate Canada for not streaming on YouTube when there's such a copyright thing that that's going on. YouTube has yeah, clamped way down on the copyright. Yeah, it's super frustrating. I find that issue with, um, I do dance competitions in the spring and uh, finding a, a platform that's not like personalized for my business is incredibly complicated because of music copyright issues. Yeah, there needs to be something worked out with that. That's way above my pay grade. So someone who has connections <laughs> or knowledge in that, please take a crack at it. But for us, we're going to move on. We'll all bow down. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start talking about the men's event. And they crowned a new national champion. Of course, Keegan Messing has moved on from the sport. Um, no longer competing. So the title was up for grabs. And Wesley Chu, who was the leader after the short program, won his first Canadian title, despite being third in the free skate. Yeah, he was my he surprise. I was not expecting him to, but I don't know who I was expecting yeah, me to either. win, you know? But, uh, yeah, uh, he. I thought, you know, he, I mean, his free skate wasn't as great as his short, but he had quite the lead after the short program to take, you know, the title. For sure. Wesley's had has had a lot of potential for many years and I was really excited to see his short, which I think is like a phenomenal program. Um, and I am traditionally um, an, a Romeo and Juliet anti. <laughs> um, but I think it's a, a wonderful program, really well choreographed, really well performed. I was thrilled to see him land the quad triple in the short. I said, oh, yeah, this is, he's going to do it. He's going to do it for real this time. I don't think as long as as strong, but that's okay. Like, I think it's really nice to see him live up to that potential in the short. And I think the long will come. He's very young. (laughs) Give him a little time to cook. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the case with all of the men on the podium, correct? Because Alexa Rakic was 12th last year. He -hmm. had the best free skate, finished second. He's, is he 20? I don't know how I can't remember how old he is, but he's um a very good he he moves, he's very expressive when he moves. And I really enjoy he's also a very tall boy. <laughs> and uh I'm always very impressed that he can like he does a quad as well, a triple axle. So 
you know, I think there's a lot of potential. We just need to work on as a, I think a collective group of gentlemen, uh, consistency. And that comes with getting out there more. I think it's just <laughs> the more you're, the more you do it, the less scary it becomes. Well, I think for me, the performance of the men's event was Anthony Paradis um, in the free skate. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone was watching, he stopped halfway through his program, went to the boards, um, asked for a deduction to have some time to fix his skate, and it was a broken lace. Um, and so he took, uh, was it three minutes, um, to fix his lace, came back out, had to resume the program from the spot where he, um, had taken the break from and oh my gosh, <laughs> like mm-hmm. he just mm-hmm. delivered a pro, like it didn't phase him that he had to stop his program halfway through to fix a broken lace because he came out and just delivered, I mean, quite a really great free skate he just knew exactly mm-hmm. what to do from the moment he had the issue with the skate he went right up there it wasn't like he was searching around um what do i do looking at like his coaches at the board he knew right to go to uh the boards and i think i saw that he said taking that time was helped him because he was so nervous and he you couldn't tell. <laughs> he just needed that <laughs> Um, little break to kind of relax his nerves and go out. And wow, I was just, it was just really incredible um, because you can really shake up a skater if you have to like stop your program yeah. halfway. And also there's that like thought in your mind where you're like, oh, well that goes, there goes my medal chance. Five points of deduction is huge. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was very uh, a very confusing moment, but he really just, he landed, looked at his foot, and immediately went over to the ref and was like, I need my two minutes. And I think the ref was even a little bit like, what? <laughs> what happened? And then, but his coach uh, just started the timer immediately. And it was just like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. L- Lace is fixed, and I'm <laughs> going to do my spin now. Yeah. <laughs> it was so impressive. Yeah, he handled that so well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that would rattle most competitors, I think. That's a testament to his training team, I think. They they clearly, like, prepared him for literally any scenario. Yeah. So, which is, like, so smart, because then you know exactly what what to do. Um, And it it doesn't face you, and you're totally prepared. Um, And so, like, shout out to his coaching team for making sure that he was like absolutely 100% prepared for literally any scenario. Actually, that coaching team had a great yeah. And he did. He yeah, did win the right. bronze. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, I would say a tough long program for the men. Yeah. And so that was a real highlight, I think. There were a few rebounds. Uh, Conrad Orzel, who was mm-hmm. last year's silver medalist, was 10th after the short program. But had the second best free skate of the event. He finished just off the podium by 0.26. Much of a redemption in the free skate mm-hmm. from what we saw in the short program. And mm-hmm. then uh, Roman Sadovsky, who is a former national champion, finished in sixth place. Roman, Roman. <laughs> He's had a season. If anyone has, he has. 
I know we yes. got all excited when he actually like took a photo saying he arrived at Canadian Nationals. I know it's a bit of a meme. Uh, I every every hall I walked down, there was somebody chit chatting about it. It was I. I giggled every time. I was like, he's for real here, guys. <laughs> for real. <laughs> In the flesh. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's really hard to open your season at nationals, which is, for most skaters, the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so, like, shout out to him for for putting himself out there with literally zero competition experience, except for, like, one sectional event. Uh, that, that cannot have been easy. Because usually you have like months and months of feedback and whatever else under your belt at that point. So I'm hopeful. I think he got assigned to four continents, if I'm not mistaken. So hopefully he can kind of build on that. His programs are beautiful. And like when it comes down to the brass tacks of it all, I think he he truly is like the best or the strongest um, skater in the event perhaps not jumper but that's totally fine like his like skating skills are truly like world class in my opinion he has a lot of fan support mm-hmm. on social media i have noticed oh he does his vlogs yeah <laughs> anytime that something would go wrong with his travel or whatever there was always someone you know there were always messages of support out there for mm-hmm. him uh-huh. and it just seemed like in this case this season everything went wrong every single time so hopefully I know. I feel so bad for him. <laughs> let's hope that he's able to Fingers get crossed. to Taipei City. Should we send him now? <laughs> 2024, New Year, less travel woes. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> Only good vibes for good travel. <laughs> Was there anything else from the men's event that stands out to you, or are we good to move on to the women? Yeah, I think uh, maybe the only thing is that we we did have a number of withdrawals. So I, I would like wish all those guys who had to withdraw for whatever injury uh, the best of luck in their healing process. I mean, sucks to get to nationals. We had four withdrawals in the men, two who's never made it to the short program and two who withdrew after the short. And I feel terrible to sucks to come all the way to nationals only to have to withdraw. Yeah. So sending them lots of healing vibes. Yes, please. Heal up. Yeah. So in the women's event, it was a bit of uh, a different result than what we were expecting. Um, Mm -hmm. Kaya Ruder won her first Canadian title over Madeline Skizis, who wasn't first at the show program. Um, Madeline had a tough free skate, um, but Kaya skated well in front of her hometown crowd she did actually i was i think that's probably a redemption scape for kaya because her challenge did not go probably as she wanted it to uh she came i think second at challenge maybe third at challenge and so i think this was probably felt really good for her to have a good clean long program and uh, of course, win in front of her friends and family in the in the venue that she skated two clean programs at Junior Worlds. I'm sure it meant so much to her and her her family. Her dad was actually announcing at the event. Oh, not not during the women's event because they don't they don't usually let parents do that. But <laughs> no. he was doing uh, <laughs> he was doing uh, many of the other events all week. He was there volunteering, 
Her little sisters were there ice patching. <laughs> it's a whole family affair. Oh, very cool. <laughs> well, very cute. Yeah, and then, you know, I was so glad she had a really good skate, you know, with mm-hmm. all her family and friends there. And then, you know, it was unfortunate that Madeline did not have um, a really good skate because she was feeling so, like, she was feeling so prepared and ready, like, mm-hmm heading into this nationals that's what she said and compared to the previous two and you know Mm -hmm. she was the favorite and it just looked like i don't know like it like she wasn't really there i in her skating it just was like i don't know it didn't look like the maddie that when she's on that you know we Mm -hmm. see and it just i don't know yeah i felt that way about a lot of skaters this for some reason, this this event, especially in the women's, in the first couple of groups, I was just a little bit surprised because they felt like they they weren't skating up to their potential. And I don't know why or what was affecting them. But there were so many, like, uh, there was some in, like, the first group and the second group who all season they've been, like, confidently landing like a beautiful triple double or a, or even a triple triple and there was a lot of mistakes from many of the skaters that were like uncharacteristic I found and and Maddie was no exception to that which is really unfortunate because obviously you want to put out your best at nationals it's especially when there's a home world I mean we don't know how how much pressure that puts on somebody like I've never <laughs> tried to qualify for a home worlds <laughs> Um, and I'm sure that's very frustrating for for Maddie to to not skate the way that she's been practicing and the way that she had prepared to skate. Um, so it's a bummer. I know she would have loved to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who doesn't? But I mean, that's like figure skating is tough. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just have a a bad competition, yeah. and that's the way it goes. And I thought that Kaya was very sweet after she had said that. Um, she was happy she won. I'm paraphrasing. She's happy she won, but she wished that Maddie could have also had a good skate because she said it's always better when everybody skates their best. And I thought that was just so endearing. Yeah. Yeah. I saw I... F- photos backstage of Maddie hugging Kaya. Yeah. Like well, after she the won. the first thing she did. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's good sportsmanship. I mean, and- it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. Let's face it. She's was yep. the reigning champion, and she lost her title this year. It went to Kaya, and it's just. I think it's a testament to yeah. who people are when they're able to handle For things sure. that way. Yeah, yeah. I think she did a good job. I know. Um, there were some quotes that came out that maybe didn't sound <laughs> great, but I I think ultimately she was probably just like mad at herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that happens. I mean, we all in life face things that make us frustrated or hurt or angry. And we have to learn how to deal with them. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes you say something that you wish you could take back or gets taken mm-hmm. out of context. Totally. And it's it's hard to do that in on a public stage, really. Mm-hmm. Like, again, these are very young women who are still learning how to be people in the world and also, like, lose it and win graciously. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Maddie is only, like, 20. She's 20. Yeah. So I think we assume she's just 
so much older than she is because she's been around mm-hmm. for a couple of seasons now. I never and yeah. um, so she was like, when she won her first title, she was like a few years older Kaya's than Kaya's age. age. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's. These are very young Yeah, women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you can't expect older. them. I mean, they're all still, because of their age, because they're young, you can't expect them to react like someone who's been doing this for, mm-hmm. you know, 25 years that's had more experience. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's okay. I think the human element is what makes people so interested in, in skating. Yes, is that, I'd agree. You know? Mm-hmm. You get to know these skaters and you become invested and, and they're invested and, and you get to like grow along with them kind of. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure Maddie is, is disappointed in the result and how she skated, but I mean, hopefully this lights a fire under her to like skate her butt off <laughs> in, uh, at four continents and, and, and hopefully get named to the world team. Yeah. Cause as we should remind listeners that, the world team was not decided after Canadians. Skate Canada is waiting to announce and waiting to select their world team. They have not selected anyone for worlds yet. So, you know. Um, yeah. And I think the complicated factor with the women is that, yes, Kai is the national champion, but she doesn't currently have the short program minimum score for worlds. And her winter is very busy right now. She's going to the Youth Olympic Games in a couple of weeks and then she goes to junior worlds and and so there's not a big window of opportunity for her to like find a competition where she can qualify her senior short program minimums so it, it i mean <laughs> whether or not that's ski canada's fault or whoever's fault like it's no one's fault really it's just the way that things have worked out uh, so it's it does create like a bit of a question mark <laughs> for them to try and figure out uh, who to name to their world team for sure it makes things a little complicated yes and difficult so we love a little you know spice. what that's <laughs> why they're in that role they need to make those decisions mm-hmm. so totally yeah. we'll see i will cheer for whoever goes <laughs> yes and it's coming right up although the youth olympics they start on the 19th but skating doesn't start until like the 27th yeah oh wow. so yeah that's quite a <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I always forget how long <laughs> the Olympics are. Come on, you went yeah, to Beijing. I know. <laughs> I know, but when you're there, it goes so fast. <laughs> well, we should also mention the bronze medalist in the women's event, um, who was the 2023 Canadian Junior Champion, but Hattie She, uh, she was sixth after the short program. Second best free skate in the women's event. So congratulations to her. Um, That was, yeah, I was, she's one that I've seen before. Um, Obviously, you know, she's the Canadian junior champion and I've seen her on the junior grand prix, but I wasn't, I don't know if I was having her possibly in medal contention. I thought there might've been some others who might have been in there for bronze. For some reason, I, when I was watching them on practice and I said, oh no, Hetty, Hetty will get the bronze. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I just like had this like gut feeling that it was going to be her. 
and it ended up being her. So I was thrilled for her. She's so sweet. So cute. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't wait to see how um, she develops as she gets older. She's a very expressive skater. She's, she, she can like hear music in a way that some people can't. She's quite delicate. I love it. I can't wait to see what the future holds for her, for sure. It's very exciting. Anyone else in the women's event we should mention or talk about? Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Fiona for doing um, both pairs and singles. I know it was a, maybe a tough competition for her, but she it's hard to do both. As we like as Leah said last year, doing both singles and, and pairs, uh, it's tough to do both. And she went out there and she gave it her best. And uh, it's very interesting to watch that team develop. Yeah, and we should remind listeners, too, that unlike our the U.S. Nationals, where the events are a little bit more spread out um, for U.S. Nationals, uh, Canadians, all the short programs are on Friday, and all of the free skates are on Saturday. So... With Fiona, she had to do two programs on one day and two programs on another day. I think she had, between the women, it was the dance event that was in between women in pairs. But that's a lot mm-hmm. to do, To And Leah did it last year. That's a lot. It's not like you can just, okay, today I'm just going to focus on women, and then tomorrow it's pairs. You had to mm-hmm. be ready to go for both disciplines on that same day, maybe just a little break in between. That's a lot. And she wouldn't have even been able to go back to the hotel just because it was like a 20, 25 minute drive. So it like just good for her. Yeah. It's, it's takes a ton of energy to, to do both. And, and obviously like you don't want to let yourself down in singles and you don't want to let your partner down in pairs. So you're like, how do I pick if I love both? very tough so i like all more power to all those skaters who do both it's very hard (laughs) and i appreciate all of their efforts well that seems like the perfect segue into the pairs which ended up being a bit closer than i expected it was going to be there was less than a point that separated diana stilato dudek and maxime deschamps and leah Pereira and trent michaud um I, yeah, it was a bit closer than I expected it was going to be. Yeah, that was after the short program. When I looked after the short and saw them only separated by a point, I was like, oh, that was not what I was expecting. But of course, Deanna and Max pulled away in the free skate to win their second Canadian title. Not their best skates in Calgary. I, you know, it wasn't like, I felt like... They weren't the Deanna and Max we had saw in the Grand Prix this season, you know, where she's really strong and and feisty Mm -hmm. and it just, yeah, it just lacked that a little bit uh, this weekend in Canadians. For sure. Yeah, I see. I know what you're saying. Um, I think it's probably, I mean, I'm not going to diagnose her (laughs) or (laughs) speculate, but I think managing energy throughout the season is like a fine-tuned art and I think with final being so close to Christmas and nationals being so close to New Year's it's difficult to manage energy from final through to nationals and then 
ramp up again for four continents and worlds. So I think it's definitely like something that takes fine tuning. And I, it, I think maybe Dan and Max don't quite have their peaking times, I guess, fine tuned in the way that they would like, but I'm sure that's something that they're well aware of. They have a wealth of experience to pull from. Um, and that they'll continue to improve upon as we, we uh, head into worlds. I, I've heard many skaters say um, that they don't necessarily want to peak at nationals as like the ones who kind of have it like on lock that know that they're going to the next phase of a season. They, they want to kind of ramp up for the big championship events. So um, I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a ton of cause for concern. I know that the DNA and Max have like all the fire in their tummies to get that world medal. So I, I'm not, I'm not concerned yeah. at the moment. I obviously, they probably would have loved to win with two clean performances. I mean, that's what every skater aims for, but I think their trajectory is looking towards worlds maybe, and not necessarily Canadians. Yeah. If I had to guess, <laughs> I don't know anything for sure. <laughs> I think your comments about the energy, I mean, are 100% spot on. I can't imagine trying to plan out or regulate for a whole season of competitions. And not to mention a season that includes multiple trips to Asia. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's a very, very large trip for us North Americans. It is. <laughs> like. Yeah. Upwards of 36 to 38 hours of travel. And I think it's it's tough to to really manage your energy, your excitement, and also like your rest and recuperation within that those like frameworks. Yeah, it's a lot to I mean, and not only are you trying to manage your energy, your training, your I mean, it's your approach to your training mm -hmm. and run-throughs and the, the construction of everything. I mean, there's Absolutely. so much that goes into this that I think it's easy to watch a performance and think, you know, good things or bad things, but you have to go beyond that to think about what is actually going into every performance, the hours that went into the training of that program, not totally. just, you know, that one performance. Because, it, you know, it's, skating yeah. is a marathon. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, two competitions, it's over. You have to really pace yourself between, like, when the summer competitions start through March. Yeah, and it's a very long season. It's a very <laughs> long season. I feel for the junior kids who are used to their season ending at a particular time and then realize with senior, it's at least a month longer, if not more. <laughs> a tough transition. It for is. Sure. Yeah. Well, Leah and Trent were the silver medalists. Um, again, not their best skates too, but I think they are kind of in the same as Deanna and, and Max with the fact that it's been a long season for them. Um, I agree because they also had the final and, um, mm -hmm. you know, and now heading to four continents and, and most likely world for them. Um, so, yeah, but I do like their gladiator free skate. I thought, you know, I think that's a mm -hmm. really good program for them. Um, just wish it was a, a little tad bit 
more clean. Um, but yeah. It'll come. Yeah. Um, I think this was maybe probably their the first time that they've really had a competition where they they things haven't gone super well for them. Um, and that's just you know nature of the sport. Uh, I've seen a lot of like they revamped their short program in between final and now, which I don't know where they found time to do that, but it looks great. There's a new costume and it also looks great. Um, so they're work. You can tell they're working on it. They know, you know, things they have to work on and, and they're, they're doing it. They're plugging away. So, and I think similar to Deanne and Max, their trajectory is, is looking towards worlds and maybe not necessarily peaking here. Although again, everyone would love to peak at every competition right, right. that they go to. Right. Yeah. And they're only yeah. in their second season together too. And what, you know, a second yeah. season they've had. Um, with Leah yeah. just focusing on pairs um, and not doing singles because last year she was trying to manage both at nationals. And so this year she was just um, doing the pairs event. So I think that might've helped a little bit, but you know, it again, wasn't mm-hmm. um, best skates for them. The best pairs free skate definitely for me was Kellyanne and Luca um there mm-hmm. <laughs> i think the crowd that was there was standing um standing ovation for yeah. them it was a really great free skate and i think they're definitely kind of like saying hey kind of don't forget about us like we yeah. want to you know um compete more this things season have, yeah things have really come together for them really well over the past, I would say, two seasons. It started with their bronze in Skate America in Boston. And then they've kind of just, like, continued to slowly work on their weaknesses, put in the time, put in the effort. Uh, and and it's it, it's really starting to pay off. And I'm really so thrilled for them. Um, I have, they've, they're, um, Luca is Kellyanne's first partner and only partner. They paired up in Novice, I think. And it's so nice to be able to see like a pair team that's grown up together and really continued to put in the effort and continue to improve. And like they now have the triple in the short and the long, like the side-by-side triple in the short and the long. And their their throws are improving. I know Kellyanne used to two-foot her throws a lot. And, and this week they looked a lot stronger, a lot less two-footed. I mean, I only see things in real time, so... If it was two-footed, I'm choosing to pretend it wasn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like the I and I was so thrilled for them. They had the skate of their lives. I think uh, it was really kind of nice because uh, Luca skated his long program, and then the next event right after that was, or maybe it was right before, was uh, the synchro long program, which his sister was on Nova Senior, who won the long program in the senior synchro. Oh, yeah, that's right. Very cool. So they both had the like incredible skates. And I was like, wow, what a day for this yeah. family. <laughs> Maybe they like Calgary. Honestly, they're like, we don't care about the cold. <laughs> We're going to skate like we love it. And they did. They skated so well. I was, um, I admittedly cry a lot, um, but I cried. <laughs> I cried at the end when he was like slapping the ice and she was like, this something. I was. I was just like, oh, look at them go, <laughs> crying. <laughs> so, yeah, I was thrilled for them. And I'm excited to see how they develop as well. Mm-hmm. 
well, should we do dance? <laughs> Let's do some dance. Okay, so <laughs> the dance event um, was a little smaller than what we initially thought it was going to be because we had a couple of withdrawals. Um, Marjorie Lejoie and Zachary Laga were the first withdrawal, followed by Lawrence Fournier Beaudry and Nikolai Sorensen. I just wanted to ask Danielle, mm-hmm. was there a feeling around the Fournier Beaudry and Sorensen withdrawal? I mean, given the information that came out just before Canadian Nationals about the investigation, do you feel like that kind of was a dark cloud over the competition or do you think things just continued? Um, I'll speak for myself. <laughs> I was incredibly anxious about the whole thing. Um, and I felt a sense of relief when they announced their withdrawal because I think um, it was distracting to the athletes. And I don't think it's fair to the athletes who were competing that that was going to be the focus so I was I was relieved for everyone that they decided um to withdraw I think that it it was the right decision well the dance event went ahead without both teams I have to say that I I watched the entire competition and I thought top to bottom there were a lot of great performances I thought that was enjoyable. I thought the rhythm dances were fun with the 80s theme. And then the free dances, you know, not everyone had their best skates, but there were some things that definitely stood out and some great moments. Of course, a year ago, we had Piper Gillis and Paul Poirier having to withdraw. They were back at this competition. And to me, for them to be missing from a Canadians was a big deal last year. And I feel like having mm-hmm. them back this season and this year skating as well as they did at nationals, I think that kind of took the attention from the distraction and maybe brought it back in onto the competition and the other teams that were competing. I feel like that was a good step in the right direction to get people focused on the other performances and the event happening. Yeah. And I think another thing that really helped um, bring it back to the competitors that were there were that was that there was, there were two hometown boys in the event. Jacob Ports is from Calalta, which is they train at Windsport, which is where we were. And so is Paul Ayer. And Mm -hmm. so there was for those events, there was a lot of family and friends in the audience and it, it was really quite a touching event for that reason, I think. Um, for Paul, because he won a medal in front of his friends and family who almost never get to see him compete. And for Jacob, um, I think it was important for him to come back because um, his father passed away in November. And uh, I think it probably was like a very... Um, full circle and fulfilling moment for him as well so I think there was a lot of really like heartwarming moments in the dance event that really like brought it back to to um 
to the focus, the right mm-hmm. focus. Yeah. Yeah. Focusing yeah. on the com- the competitors mm-hmm. and the event itself. Yeah. And honestly, it was an incredibly well-skated event. Mm-hmm. And I really thought everyone kind of did, I would say, their season's best performance, with the exception of maybe Piper and Paul. But again, like, we're talking about managing energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. another team that's back from final very recently and Christmas and uh and canadians really they're back to after a year off so you know i thought it was a very like great event it was one of my favorite events of the entire competition yeah i really enjoyed it i thought especially the free dances too were entertaining Mm -hmm. and just some fantastic performances that i didn't expect to see some of these programs I saw early in the season, like back at Lake Placid. Mm-hmm. So to watch them here again and see the growth that's happened. And it's funny because people will say, well, you saw them, but you photographed how many programs and how do you remember? You rem- you just do. There's just, yeah. you, know, you remember things. I don't remember where every element was, but I can tell if someone's really grown into a program. And I felt that. With yeah. some of these programs. I want to give a special shout out to Lily and Nathan. Wow. I think. Because, wow, that program I loved in the summer. But watching it here at Canadians, I was like, holy cow. They clearly put in so much time in fine-tuning the elements and the, the feeling. And and what a like a beautiful program and a beautiful tribute to like Indigenous culture um, in Canada. And like how lucky are we that they are like putting such a unique product out for us to watch in a, in a, in an event that can often get a little bit like, you know, lyrical. (laughs) This was very, very unique and cool. And maybe one of my favorite free dances of the season, really. Yeah. And like kudos to them for coming forth. I think they they were fourth (laughs) overall. (laughs) Yeah. It was, in watching the competition and you see the points as we're going, you see, you know, who's moving ahead of who and how things are stacking. And when we got to the final three, I look at the list and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, Lily and Nathan, they're in first place still. And they (laughs) skated a bit earlier. So for them to be able to hold on to that spot was pretty amazing. I, enjoyed the performance too and i i love programs that speak you know that have mm-hmm. a voice and i feel like this one definitely had a voice it had Absolutely. a story to tell and it just grew so much from when i saw it earlier in the season and again like another team that's been together since they were little little kids like juvenile and uh lily was a double discipline skater for a long time and uh, it's so impressive to see them keep improving year after year, like even after all this time, they continue to like push the envelope, push themselves and and keep improving. It's very, it's like great to see. Yeah. You mentioned Paul Ayer, Alicia Fabry and Alicia and Paul skated so well. I mean, to be in oh front God. of a home audience and be able to put out a performance like that, it takes me back to when Gina and I were talking about 
the Lithuanians, ha- um, Salius Ambrulavisius, was skating in front of his home audience. Kaunas is where mm-hmm. he grew up. And just that feeling, I got a similar feeling watching Elise yeah. and Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like how that, how you connect because you've got people in the audience yeah. that have known you your whole life and getting and to- how to capitalize on an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And he did not want to leave that ice. It was just no, like he no, took he in every moment that he was out there. Yeah. Well, they've been so much through so much like adversity in the past few years. I'm sure. I'm sure it meant even more than we could even put into words or he could even put into words. Yeah. I think it gives teams. I mean, you get close to that or you make the podium and you realize, okay, it's possible it just gives you more fuel to push totally. yourself for what you can achieve in the future. Like to really, absolutely, to realize part of that dream, and it it's it's huge. Um, totally. In, in second place, we saw Marija Lorio and Roman Lagac. They have one of my favorite free dances mm. of the season because <laughs> anyone that knows me knows I'm into the you know the the creepy you know, scary stuff. I love how they tell the story and the character that they get, the way they get into the characters and the choreography. I just, I really enjoy it. Um, And I was excited to see them skate and have a good skate and, and have a a good skate, but that was what was happening. I mean, yes, some, some of the teams had little mistakes here and there, but overall, I thought it was a pretty solid dance event. Mm-hmm. I agree. That was the first time I had seen Marie Jade and uh, Romain uh, since the summer. <laughs> I saw them training and I never saw them compete <laughs> all, all year. So I was like very excited because it's rare that I get to a nationals and see a program I have not <laughs> seen in person before. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, this is kind of fun. <laughs> And uh, I was so glad they had a good skate. And it was such a fun, like, their free dance is so fun. It is. It's They really different. have honed in on their strengths of, like, character programs. Mm-hmm. And I know that I sometimes love. there are those that would question, well, shouldn't a team be versatile? Shouldn't they do all kinds of styles? If you can do all kinds of styles. Right. Some teams can't. Some find the style that really works for them or finds a couple of styles and sticks there because you know what? It's a place they feel comfortable. And if you're going to perform a program the entire season, Mm -hmm. you need to be in a comfort spot. Mm -hmm. You -hmm. shouldn't have to always be outside the box. You should be able to to skate something that means something to you. Yeah, and I think even within a box, you can push yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. There are so many different character programs that you can do yes. that are within the wheelhouse of character, mm-hmm. but are totally different. Right. It's like, it's like um, Lila and Lewis. They're doing tons of, you know, whatever their, <laughs> their like style of program is, but they, and they like stick in that kind of wheelhouse, but it's different every year and every mm-hmm. year they're pushing themselves to do something different but it's still just as fun just as upbeat just as like dancey as the previous year it's just in a different section or area of that category if you will yeah i think 
it's okay to do that. I don't think you have to. You don't and just. Very, with Marie Jade and Romain, it's very refreshing because there was a lot of lyrical programs this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they came out and did something totally different. Right. Yeah. And I think it worked in their advantage, just like it worked for Lily and Nathan to ha- to their advantage to have a, a unique and different program. And how many teams, you know, coming up behind them can look at that and say, well, look what they did and look how they finished. Maybe we can try something different. Maybe we can skate to something that speaks to us. Totally. And I think that's okay. I think we need to encourage that creativity. I agree. I agree. (laughs) I love creativity. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Emmy and Jacob because their rhythm dance is so much fun (laughs) it definitely is yeah that song is an earworm for me it gets stuck in my head for weeks at a time and i don't know any of the words (laughs) yeah some programs are like that though like they things will get stuck in your head and you're just like huh why is this in my head again and they skated to something that was much more french and i have no like you i don't know what the words are yeah but you get... I sing them anyways. But... <laughs> you just... <laughs> They're not right. <laughs> no. But they... Yeah. I mean, overall, this was a really... Yeah. I think a great event. We had... um Bashinsky and Beaumont moving up to senior. This was their first mm-hmm. senior nationals. Um, I've seen them skate better. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were probably nervous. Yeah. Which is totally normal. Yeah. I was expecting them up, you know, I thought they could have actually been, you know, bronze medalists um in this event yeah. just cuz, you know, they've had such success as junior skaters, but this was their first, you know, senior Canadian, so yeah, of course, there's nerves and um so yeah, not maybe not their best uh skates this weekend, but Uh, definitely you know um, expecting more from them you know and several of those teams were all in the like 172 to 176 range so it could have Mm -hmm. gone either way Um, molly lanahan dimitri rausguliev was they finished fifth right behind lily and nathan i mean it Again, and their free dance is also so fun. Yes. It is so fun. It is a fun one, and it's grown so much since I saw <laughs> it. I mean, I love the costuming that they have now versus where they started yeah. because when I saw them in Lake Placid, it was was white. White. It was the white costume. one, yeah, with the black tights. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I really like what they've done and changed mm-hmm. the color, you know, to to match more. And I just think it's not distracting. And they look like they're having so much fun out there which is like all i ever want to see like everyone having a good time (laughs) well i think that we have covered all of the regular events is there anything i wanted to to mention that uh in addition to singles dance and pairs we also had synchro going on at this competition we like to pack it in (laughs) do it all (laughs) Um, we're also very fun. The synchro brings a different energy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you haven't been to a synchro event, you don't know that kind of energy they bring. So even if the arena doesn't look full, synchro fans will make it feel like it's a full packed. The roof is yes. going to blow off. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> yeah. Pro teams are loud and proud, and it's so much fun. I love it. <laughs> so La Supreme. Yep. One uh senior, but they did not win the free skate. Mm-hmm. We are very um, lucky in Canada that all three of our senior teams, we are a small but mighty field. And by mighty, I mean like every single team could be top four at Worlds. There, we, have, we are so lucky to have such a strong synchro community in Canada. And honestly, on any day, it could go any way and it would feel totally normal. Um, Supreme are the reigning world champions. Uh, but I know that they had a number of retirements uh, last year. So they're they're a younger team this year. And um, as is, I would say, Nexus, who came third at this uh, event. Um, but Nova, I think they are, they have a, I don't want to say a chip on their shoulder, but a fire under their bum to win because they won, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago, and they haven't won since. And I, I feel like this this fire in them. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 no. Like, don't forget about us. I know Supreme and Nexus are like, you know, the dynasties in Canadian synchro skating, but, but don't forget about us because we are so good. And they're coached by former ice dancer, Dominic Barr. Oh, Yes. <laughs> So are they next team? Yes. Are they out of Ontario, Nova? Nope. Nova Nova is from uh Quebec. Oh, okay. So they're yeah. so Les Supreme and Nova are from Quebec and then um yeah. Nexus is so Supreme is based in like the Montreal area. Okay. And uh Nova is based in St. Hubert, which is on the other side of the Oh, river. okay. Okay. You're going to see so all close. about Montreal, Gina, when you go I know, I know I will. We'll, t- we'll take you for the grand tour. <laughs> okay, sounds good. It's a very big place. Yes. <laughs> a great place, though. We love Montreal. Yeah. Well, I'm looking and, forward to being there. And if you look at the junior result, there are more teams. <laughs> However, the top three are <laughs> La Supreme, <laughs> followed by Nexus, and Nova. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, in junior, it's it's super interesting. Um, I maybe stylistically preferred Nexus, but they had a a few falls, and that you know you can't do that. <laughs> no, <Nope. laughs> in synchro, <laughs> that's no different um, than, than singles, pairs, or ice dance. <laughs> yep, and uh, and I think that set them back. Uh, Supreme, Supreme in every level is innovating. And that's what I find so compelling about them is that they are constantly pushing the envelope. And this is a testament to their coaches, Marilyn and Pascal. Um, They're constantly pushing the envelope to see how they can push synchro forward. And, and it's so impressive. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the, the stuff they're doing is like stuff that some single skaters can't do. Some ice dancers can't do. It's just, so impressive and you really have to be an incredibly well-rounded skater like some of the stuff these kids were doing they're doing a loop into twizzles yeah like a loop jump into twizzles oh yeah and they're doing a loop jump into twizzles in a a traveling circle it's insane yeah oh i (laughs) I, like (laughs) half the time i just am sitting there with my jaw open like holy cow 
I skated synchro as a child and it was nothing. Like this. It wasn't this. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. And like, plus with my jaw open, like what they were yeah. doing is just out of this world, just... impressive. And I think people have to, I mean, watching it on a live stream, it doesn't do it justice. You have to it really see it in it person. <laughs> and it's unfortunate that our synchro is separate from our their regular u.s nationals so they have their own nationals and so people who are used to seeing singles pairs and dance don't won't get to see you know synchro at our nationals and i wish people had the opportunity to see it in person because it's just it's unbelievable also yeah Maybe one day we can convince <laughs> U.S. figure skating to yeah, maybe just <laughs> to include at least in. the seniors. Yeah. There's not that many of them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, Synchro is so much fun. Yeah. Just like a totally different energy. Well, before we wrap up, we wanted to mention that um, there was a junior competition going on at the same time. Champions include Lulu Lin in the junior women's event. Terry Yu Tao Jin in the junior men's event, Ava Kemp and Jonathan Elizaroff in pairs, and Layla Veyon and Alexander Brandeis in the dance. It was a great competition in the juniors. And I hope they're very proud of themselves. Well, we appreciate and honestly, I think more people should come watch the juniors because they're very fun. <laughs> yes. I agree. I say that every year with U.S. Nationals, too. She tells me that, too, to come and, you know, Gina, <laughs> come for the whole U.S. Nationals and do it. Not, It's, it's so not happening it. this year, It's but I'm going to be there, hopefully, as long as I, my flight gets in on time. I should be there for Junior Pairs Free Skate and for the Free Dance. Good. So you need to be there. I know. There's some great <laughs> programs this year, and you need to be yes. there because this is your first competition of the season. I know it's crazy. So, oh my gosh, that's why I you didn't have to be that. there. Yes, it is my first competition of the season. <laughs> Throw your bags at the hotel and then just come. Uh, that, I mean, it's gonna be great. Yeah, we're set up camp at the rink. Yeah, I I will be there. So it's not like last year when I traveled to the West Coast and I got there and I was like, uh, Daphne, I'm not making junior free dance. I'm dead Jet to the world. Was really bad. This is all everyone. East Coast. I'll be fine. <laughs> well, we appreciate Danielle for taking the time to chat with us yeah she needs to adjust to the time zone right now yeah <laughs> i have i have no idea what time it is i've been up since 4 30 this morning <laughs> she's cold and she's tired and yet she came <laughs> to talk to us tonight and break down canadians we really appreciate mm-hmm. it Gina, can you oh, let folks pleasure. know where they can find us? Well, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com on social media, including the site formerly known as Twitter at thiswkinskating, Facebook, Instagram, and threads. It's This Week in Skating. We love your feedback or your questions. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate your support as always. With that, we have reached the end of our episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have an ice week!